0: I'm Dr. Lara Devkin. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty hello everyone and welcome to today's amazing episode of beauty bosses i have celebrity divorce attorney vicky ziegler Um, she is not only an amazing important figure in the world of divorce law but she's also an entrepreneur a tv host and a TV star in her own right. So welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. This is a real honor. I really look up to
1: you and admire your work and everything that you've done.
0: Oh my God, you're so cute. You're already (laughs) my favorite guest now. That's how to be a good guest Mm -hmm. on a show. Um, So anyway, I'm so happy to have you. So I wanted to start by having you tell us a little bit about your story. Did you know when you were a teenager that you were gonna grow up and become a divorce attorney? Yeah, so I willed this job, and I guess
1: everyone usually says when they're going through a difficult time to Be able to pick up the pieces and look at a negative and a positive and that's kind of what I did My parents got divorced when I was nine years old and it was tumultuous and acrimonious and I was in the middle of it I was embroiled in a custody battle between my parents and they're South African so we didn't have family here So I decided to broker their deal and what I mean by that is literally I set up a parenting plan my dad and mom would live three miles, in a, within a three-mile radius and that I would have 50-50 custody and they would be able to see me half the time. And that was the way that they ended their divorce. I went into the judge and I suggested this resolution. And from that point on, I knew that I was going to get into this field. I didn't know how. And truly, I thought about helping children through the divorce process because I know how detrimental it was to me at that time.
0: That's so amazing. As a nine-year-old, you were there (laughs) kind of reverse parent trapping. Yes. Um, That's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's a true story, and I have a movie that I've been working on, and it's kind of the first two scenes, so it's actually true to life. And I think that children have to understand that it's not their fault and that parents sometimes are good parents, but they're not a good fit as husband and wife. And I think once I got into that role of being a divorce attorney, fast-forwarding, obviously to my 20s, I realized that I can help people going through a divorce help their children. I can't necessarily help the children, but I can certainly guide the parents accordingly and properly.
0: Yeah. And so you were a practicing divorce attorney, and what was your practice like when you first started out?
1: I was working uh, probably 100 hours a week, killing myself to be perhaps a perfectionist, maybe an overachiever. You may understand that a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because I think the only way to have that drive and that passion and to become successful is to work very hard um a little bit is luck and i just was trying to work as hard as i possibly could and get noticed and do a good job for the clients and um i won my first trial and i had no idea what i was doing the first week out of my um, clerkship and then i just kept learning and making mistakes and fixing and correcting course and listening and observing and i think getting the best mentors uh, for me was a game changer in my career
0: that's awesome. I think mentorship is so often underappreciated, but were there particular figures that stood out in your mind as those who guided you?
1: Absolutely. There was a judge that I clerked for who was just um, instrumental in, in molding me more so what not to do than what to do, watching lawyers come into the courtroom, and then um, and giving me autonomy about making decisions on my own, and then working for a lawyer who took me under his wing, who was a former judge, and just said, you've got it. Stick with me. And don't be afraid. I'm gonna. There's a parachute, and you're not gonna have one. So go for it. And how did you decide to strike out on your own? It was a very scary time. I got a TV show on Bravo. That was the first uh, time that I had my own show. I was on TV for a long time by happenstance, and then um, I said, okay, I can't practice law at this firm at this pace, and also, you know, work on a TV show. And if anybody knows what. Um, a TV show is like it's grueling and it's 10 to 12 hours a day plus hair and makeup and I was traveling Throughout the country so it wasn't easy and I said all right I got a sink or swim I asked another lawyer to come on board with me and I said we're either gonna do this and if it doesn't work We'll go get other jobs and you know what six and a half years ago I could never have imagined and dreamed my law firm would be almost 30 people starting with three and um thriving with hundreds of clients but to a testament to hard work and all the people that i've collected over the years that have worked so hard for me
0: that's amazing so tell us a little bit about your experience with the bravo show
1: it, you know it was amazing a long time ago I'm, I'm gonna say 15 years ago i was at a party and a guy came up to me and said he worked for fox news and i was like that's nice and he kept following me around the whole party "Like you should be on tv you should be on tv and i was like i'm not interested guy like I, i'm i'm like i had a boyfriend at the time like Go away," he said. "No, no, we really, work for Fox <laughs> News." So he called me the next day and said, "Britney Spears shaved her head. If you remember yeah. that whole debacle, and um, Bill O'Reilly needs a guest, so you're on." And Bill O'Reilly is a pretty, was a pretty scary guy at the time in terms of being, you know, an interviewer. And I said, "Okay," and I had no real experience, and I went on. and the, the high was great. I was so scared. I was like ready to throw up. And they just started calling me back, so I started doing a lot of Talking Head stuff and debating for Fox News and CNN and HLN and then one day i got a call and they were creating a show about mediation and um we did a deal with bravo uh and they picked it up and we had two amazing seasons and we thought we had a third season and the fans loved it and just politics on tv sometimes don't lend itself to getting a you know a show renewed it's really hard so we had a great two-year run and um of back in, in the game now i had a baby and now she's four so i think it's time to maybe start dipping my toe back in the tv world oh my god <laughs> okay
0: and so i have a question that's a little bit more personal um, because you're happily married
1: yes correct yes. yeah first second time okay yeah
0: Ta- talk to us about your experiences with your personal life mm-hmm. and your career you know how being a divorce attorney has informed the success or not success of your relationships
1: I think people have to fail in their relationships to really appreciate what a good relationship looks like and I take actually the things that I learned from my clients to heart and I try to be a better wife um, a better partner and it's not so easy working so much and having a child and I think you have a few children, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I only have one and a dog, so I barely survive. But I think, I think it's um, being respectful, and, and remembering to fight fairly, and to always be cognizant that, you know, you don't know if you're going to have tomorrow. So always kind of be at peace, and, and respect the other person. And I think if you kind of have those boundaries in place, nothing's perfect, and it never will be. But it's my perfect, and um, I think as long as you really love the person and you work at the challenges, I think you can have a long-lasting, happy marriage.
0: That's really nice. What are um, some of the things that have surprised you about seeing tumultuous divorces all around you?
1: Nothing surprises me. I mean,
0: <laughs> nothing. Like, you could sit here and tell me
1: the craziest story and I would completely not even shake my head. i be like, okay, and what else? because i have heard everything i have heard horror stories the cheating the lies the deception i mean it's scary and i honestly was very naive when i got into this practice i was kind of lived a sheltered life i had a nice you know i would say middle upper class lifestyle i had nice friends yeah they did some couple mischief mischief mischievous things but i didn't feel like it was so crazy um and i was thrust into a world the underbelly of divorce and i have to tell you i'm i've hardened because of it and sometimes my husband will say to me like you're not at work anymore like dial it down like it's okay to be you and like emotional and and, you know you're you know because I'm tough at work because I also have to be and I have to give people the right advice and they rely on me their lives are in my hands when they're emotional so um, I take that very seriously so it is it's a balance and you're juggling it but I work very hard on self-improvement and I think that's probably my key to being happy in a, in a marriage because it's not easy <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any secrets let me know
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know what the secret is to a good marriage I mean I'm happily married I think um my husband and I are really good friends we mm-hmm. we met each other before we were anybody and mm-hmm. it's been cool to become real mm-hmm. adults and and parents and all of that together we kind of like you know go through some major milestones with someone and then they're a part of your history forever. Which is kind of amazing.
1: And as long as you remain humble, I think a lot of the people that I'm friends with and in the celebrity world and in LA, I'm in New York. I feel like, you know, a lot of my friends have really become so successful and it's amazing. I'm so proud of them. But you can't lose who you are and where you come from. And for me, you know, that to me is your roots and where you're grounded. And I feel like it doesn't matter if I'm on TV, I'm at a radio show, I'm at the supermarket and if people say hello or they recognize me or it's my friend from high school I'm always the same person, and quite frankly, the older I get, the more humble and grateful I feel. And I think that sets me a little bit apart in kind of what I do because, you know what, if you don't have your health and you don't have your family, to me, you're not wealthy. And I think that's something that people forget when, you know, you can buy anything, and you know, you're know you hobnobbing with all these amazing people, which is great, but what's really important? What, what are the
0: priorities? Yeah. Do you think there are articles in the news every year about the trends in divorce? Do you think that um, divorce is overall going up, or are people staying together more often? What's the divorce rate about in America these days? It's about 50 50- Percent forty nine
1: to fifty percent crazy. For, and that's first it's a time coin marriage. toss. Hold on, that's first time marriage. Okay, second time marriages go up to sixty three percent chance of getting divorced. Oh my god! Third marriages fail at about a seventy three percent rate. So that means <laughs> your chances of getting divorced one, two, or three times are probably collectively like ninety percent. I mean, if you really look at it. But we want to be positive here. So I think um, I think people are still getting divorced um, mm. based on the. The percentages that we're seeing. I think what they're trying to do is mediate and not litigate their cases, which I think is very smart, not put it in a judge's hands because of the volume mm-hmm. and try to settle it outside of the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And um, I think people are trying to live together as kind of roommates and not married couples, trying to figure out how they're going to be able to financially survive when one household becomes two.
0: And what do you think are the most common reasons why people get divorced?
1: I think people ultimately, number one, probably should never have gotten married in the first place. So that's part of the problem. It's somebody told them to or they're they thought their eggs were maturing and they had to have a baby and you know, or somebody's at this in the same religion, but they really didn't get to know each other. They didn't get emotionally naked, something I talk about a lot. Or financially naked, they don't really know the person. Um, I also think money plays a big factor. Uh, when you don't have it, you're gonna fight over it. Um, and I think that people fight about religion. Uh, those are pretty much the top five reasons why people get divorced. So what is that? Money, religion. Money, religion. To me, it's it's not really knowing each other. It's lack of communication. People don't communicate properly. They yell and scream, but they don't really talk about their feelings. And children. People think children will keep them closer, but they actually drive them apart because if you don't have a solid marriage and foundation before you have children, good luck to you when a child comes into the world because there's more stress and more pressure and more financial pressure that people don't perhaps anticipate because they they didn't know. So they don't talk about these things before they get married
0: yeah one thing that i've noticed just in reading page six and existing in new york city (laughs) is that it seems like divorces in new york are really ugly whenever (laughs) and maybe those are just the ones that make the paper but whenever um i hear about something not going well you know i rarely hear about people consciously uncoupling Mm -hmm. you know it's usually like a public decimation
1: yeah it's a public spectacle and I think that most of our clients unfortunately run that gamut and you know what love turns to hate and that's truly what happens and it becomes a war and unfortunately it shouldn't be I always tell my clients this is an emotional situation but if you could shelf the emotions and make this a business deal you would be so much better off but it's easier said than done so Ultimately, it's not so easy for people to do that, and that's why I think they fight, it hits the paper, they're in court, it becomes public, it's a public war, and you know what, sometimes people can't control themselves, they want to hurt the other people, the other person, instead of actually fighting behind the scenes in a judge's, you know, retired judge's office or a lawyer's office and doing it privately, which is the way I prefer to end cases.
0: If people who are listening to this podcast are not having a good go of things in their relationship and they're either contemplating divorce or they're going through divorce, do you have advice for them about how to, you know, remain as whole as possible going through that process?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think there's a whole host of things people should do before they actually leap into the divorce process. And it's number one, really finding a vetted attorney that can give you an hour consult. Everyone can pay for an hour's uh, worth of time from an attorney. Who they have recommend has been recommended to them and really understand what the divorce would look like with the financial information that you have I think second of all is really looking in do you want to make the marriage work? Would you try to reconcile or is it over for you? Are you not in love anymore? Or do you just love this person and then really having your trusted advisors your friends your rabbi a priest um somebody that you really that has that experience, a family member, and you get your team together and say, listen, I'm gonna go through perhaps the worst time in my life. I need you all here with me. When I call you need to be available. If I need a Friday night girls night, I need you here. And those people are crucial when somebody's going through a difficult time because I always tell people when they're going through a divorce, their divorce is gonna look like the way their marriage went. So if they're in an abusive relationship, the divorce is going to look abusive. If in fact they, um, when they come to me, I would say it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it really does, it ring true. So you need that trusted support team there for you. And really, you know, do research, but make sure it's on vetted sites. People Google things that are unvetted and, and they just come up with information. I don't even know where they've heard it from. So they really want, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing from people, right? Oh, I got my lips done, but they used something and I don't know what they did. And, you, you know, you're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is, not, this is not proper procedure and protocol. So getting that information and stockpiling some money, making sure you have a nest egg because sometimes people get shut out of access to money. And you, whether you have a credit card or some, you know, we call it the Chanel account, you need some money set aside just in case you need to get your, your team of experts available quick to help you. And do your homework and do your research and know your financial estate a lot of people don't
0: what's the worst thing that you've ever seen happen in a divorce
1: oh boy there's so many so many horrible things i've seen um i saw a case come to me where uh, i was uh, unfortunately years too late where uh, a woman took a very very bad deal and was not given all of the information and um, she probably will be destitute in five years and her ex-husband is very very wealthy and she probably didn't have the right advice at the time the right lawyers the right accountants and she um, is going to be in in big trouble she can't earn and she's living off of her savings and it's going to dwindle and nobody ever wants to see somebody in that predicament and I just wish I was involved in the divorce case back then, I would have hoped to perhaps change the outcome. So that's just something I dealt with on Friday. But are I mean, I, I see the worst things, people cheating on the others with their sisters, sister-in-laws, the sister-in-law gets pregnant. I mean, I, I have seen it all. I mean, it's, it's truly, you know, it's cringeworthy to see people's ethics and morality change when they marry somebody and then what happens to them during the marriage. So we, we always say, are you sleeping with the enemy? Because sometimes it feels that way for these clients. And it's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah why do we do this as a society? <laughs> like, First of all, why do we get up every day and convince ourselves to get married? And then second of all, why would we get married? Why do people do this? Do uh, so, we want to torture ourselves? I know. It seems very self-destructive. And actually, I do think human beings are very rational. That's like what's perpetuated our species. Mm-hmm. But it seems very irrational in some ways. I think I agree with you. Uh, I've, I've seen
1: it all. And sometimes I say to people, why do you have to get married? live together, do a cohabitation agreement. What's the rush to get married? What does the piece of paper mean to you? Forget about being religious. And a lot of people can't describe it. It's just like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. But what does that mean? Those societal, you know, movement that tells you you're supposed to do something. And I think people are programmed. They just, they believe it's like sheep. This is what we're supposed to do. But sometimes you have to sit back and say, well, I've been married three times. Do I really need to get married a fourth time? I mean, I don't want children anymore. I have grandchildren. I have an estate to protect. Live together. Have a spiritual marriage, but you don't have to be wed (laughs) in the civil court of law. I just don't understand why that's, um, it's still, there is such a push for people to actually walk down the aisle. And the reason I can't change people's minds sometimes, and then I say to them, well, then you have to have a prenup. I mean, I can't work with you if you have millions and you're going to marry someone that has nothing in the bank and you're 70 and they're 30 when the odds are that you're going to get divorced before you pass away. So you have to do a prenup to protect your assets and then also in the event of divorce. So I'm a huge proponent of prenuptial agreements and I fight with people all the time about it, but I just don't think they're educated enough um, about the subject matter because I always feel like. I come out winning in the argument because if you're happily married, the document means nothing. So you wasted a little money on a lawyer. But most of the time, it's probably going to happen at least one out of two times. Somebody's going to come back and say they're getting divorced and they'll be happy that at least they have a document that, Discusses the the parameters of a divorce and you don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and for my celebrity clients and Athletes you don't have to be in the paper and you don't have your you know personal laundry Spread out for everyone to read so that's where I think it's a it's a good thing for people
0: How do you suggest people talk to their spouses or their significant others about prenups because I have uh, many friends who have had difficult situations Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so unromantic, Yeah, but it's so,
1: (laughs) hi honey, I love you so much and I can't wait to walk down the aisle, but here's this, you know, 100 page document I'd like you to sign. Um, I always tell people, you explain that you never know what's going to happen and I kind of ask them to turn it around say, you may leave me for somebody younger or vice versa and why do we want to, you know, hate each other when we love each other now? Let's figure out what we want to happen in the future. And most people can discuss their premarital assets are separate and then anything that they get married that they acquire during the marriage can be equally divisible that's not really a, a bad thing that's just a conversation and i feel like people don't make those they don't have those conversations and they don't make movement on what would happen and then they get into a divorce you know position and they're fighting so why not kind of say what if this happened what would you want do you want to live like a married couple with all of our ma- our assets during the marriage, or do you want to keep everything separate? Because those are important topics that people should be discussing. I'm sure when you first got married, if you didn't have anything, you know, you pulled everything that you had, the nickels you had, like I, uh, you know, and that's what people do. But then when one person, I just get a call. Oh, my God, I just got caught cheating, um, you know, and uh, the woman tells me my husband's going to kill me and cut my credit cards off, and, you know, we don't have a prenup, and he, he has all the money, and I have nothing, and I'm dating a guy, and he has less than I do. He's really broke, but I love him, or the sex is good, or whatever that may be. So, <laughs> you know, I think people are just get confused about the future and what possibly would happen so to me talking about it before you get married when you're you're in a great state and you're happy can only lead to a positive outcome and if somebody wants to fight about it and say I want all my my
0: assets separate well then you know what you're getting yourself into and then you better think about it wow are you going to advise your daughter to live with someone and be slow to get married or are you going to advise her to you know make a formal legal civil court commitment
1: well, her prenup's probably drafted already, almost, um, and she's four, so um, she will not get married without a prenup. That just will be a standard protocol in our, off- in, in our home, um, and um, I will tell her to wait. I just think you have your whole life to find the right person to be with, and, you know, I don't think you're the same person in your 20s that you are in your 30s, that you are in your 40s, and hopefully you grow together, but most people grow apart, so I would definitely push her to get to know somebody. I think living together is a good thing. Um, a lot of people don't. I think there's studies on it that say it is a good thing, and I think to cohabit and get to know people's bad habits before you actually marry them um, can be very helpful. So
0: interesting. My husband and I moved in on our wedding night. That's wow. We, uh, and how was your first year? year? It was fine. It was fine. We were. I was a resident, and he was. You know, he had just graduated business school, and we were kind of just starting out. And um, I moved into his apartment, like. The day the day after like the day after our wedding basically. Okay. But you seem like you have a similar um, temperament. You said you're best friends.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think a lot of people that have, you know, you the toilet seats up and you're sloppy, and the other person's neat, and you're not used to that. A lot of people getting acclimated to bad habits. Oh, yeah, it's
0: definitely weird to live with someone yeah. for the first time, even though I really like him and we get along great. It's it like, it's, it's very weird to have someone yeah. else in your space where right. you're like, it's not necessarily the music you want on, the right. food you want right. for dinner, the temperature of the room. Right. Like, he always makes it really cold, <laughs> and I am always freezing, and then I always make it really warm, and it's kind right. of like this, you know,
1: ongoing battle.
0: Ongoing thermostat situation (laughs) in our home but um, little things like that it's very it's very interesting in a way Mm -hmm. the whole concept of marriage where you take a total stranger Mm -hmm. and you make them your family right it's a very like you know mind-bending concept and people come from
1: different backgrounds different cultural backgrounds different religions ethnicity ethnicities you know some families are tight-knit others don't aren't tight-knit and close with their family so i think blending those concepts and 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 precepts from people and those characteristics are not always easy for people um and sometimes they love it so it really depends i think that uh, attraction and what type of personality are you are very important when people are m- getting mindful of, of actually getting married it's you know i pray for everybody for the best and i wish them luck but sometimes you can tell at least i'm doing this for 21 plus years i kind of kind of see i've seen it all and uh I had somebody that I did a prenup for, he was 75, and the woman was 50, and I said, please don't do this, please don't get married, just move her in, he wouldn't, did a prenup, she divorced him after two years, um, and we're fighting, she wants more, wants to set aside the prenup, and she can make any allegation she wants, I don't think she'll be successful, but I just knew, I mean, that was just a given, that was an easy one. But, you know, some people don't see what you see when you have a different lens.
0: It must be so hard to have to go through all of this whole emotional arc with all of these people. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: like, it's all on my shoulders. That's it's why kind of like being messages. a therapist. You're like going, you're <laughs> yes. in it with them. Oh, I'm in it. Oh, I am in it. I'm rowing. I'm rowing with them. I have half of them, you know. And I'm not a therapist and I'm not licensed, but I read enough self-help books to try to help my clients navigate these, these divorce waters. So I feel like it's my duty to kind of help them. And then I always want them to get expert help and advice during a divorce. I think it's crucial.
0: Totally. Well, it's a major change in life. I think about this kind of stuff as well because, um, you know, plastic surgery, kind of like a change in your marital status, is an emotional journey. And so people really need support and they need to be heard.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think if you don't feel good about yourself, it's projected on your marriage and your relationship. So you want to look good, you want to feel good emotionally. And when somebody doesn't make you feel good, um, you know, you're in trouble. And you definitely need help and you need an expert to kind of intervene and try to assist them to get back to to a happy place.
0: Well, amazing. Well, this has been so fun chatting (laughs) with you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to next and where people can find you? Absolutely. So still practicing law in
1: New Jersey and New York, a little bit in DC. So anyone could find me at um, ZZRLaw.com, that's my law firm. I, um, I have a hair perfume now in Macy's. It's called Lavish by Vicki Ziegler, and it's uh, for women and men on the go, uh, making themselves feel uh, and look good because we're always rushing, and I don't really like to wash my hair every day. So I give it a little spritz, and I keep running. And um, I'm working on some really cool things, a candle line and a new organic skincare line. So those are going to be out in 2020. So um, maybe some of your listeners want some free stuff, and we'll get them over to you and um working on another movie and uh, my own radio show and some other good stuff so just mm-hmm. keep busy. Yeah. <laughs> no rest for the weary <laughs> all
0: right well thank you so much and um it was such a pleasure to have you here and i hope everyone learned a lot about love and marriage and divorce and the works thank you thank you